Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Showtime, a-holes. Oh, wow, what a, what a different start. I'm just dressed as Star-Lord, and I'm staying in character here. Uh, I think my mic might have been a little muted there to start it, but it was a Star-Lord quote. I wasn't just being rude. Phase Zero Season 3, Episode 44 starts now. I'm Brandon Davis, joined today by Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody. It is not the same without a very long, prolonged Phase Zero. It doesn't feel the same. I'm telling you. it's. Uh, I'll never do it again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Liam Crowley's here. Just when we think we know the answers, they change the questions. What a report just 45 minutes ago. My goodness gracious. Aaron Perrine is here. Unexpected giant show followed by another giant show followed by another giant show. Dare I say we're in a time loop, BD. Uh, The more things change, I think they're just changing. They don't stay the same. Uh, Listen, happy Halloween. I hope everybody had a good Halloween. I went to bed last night after Halloween. Listen, I had a good time. I was like, you know, I'm going to get up. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to have a... It's going to be an easy day on phase zero. We got good stuff to talk about. We had a show planned. Uh, I finally did the whole rundown about like finalized the rundown a little over an hour ago. We had Peter make a bunch of images and then <laughs> no, no, uh, the, the world had different plans. We have a lot to talk about today. A lot of Marvel news just dropped. We're going to talk about everything that just came out about the original Avengers possibly returning uh, about blade Jonathan majors and Kang's future. A lot of things changing at Marvel Studios. But first, I want to thank everybody because for the fourth week in a row, four weeks in a row, Phase Zero has broken its single-day downloads record for the year. I appreciate that. We're having a good time with the Loki stuff. We're having a good time on our Wednesday show. And we have a huge couple of weeks coming up. We have today's show, which is going to cover a lot of big news. We got a chonky, chonky, chonk. I mean, this is like if a chonky show ate a chonky show. This is a big boy today. But then tomorrow, November 2nd, we have Loki episode five breakdown live immediately after the episode ends. So when it drops at 9 p.m. Eastern time on Disney Plus, you hit play and then you come over to our YouTube channel where we will be recording live. And then the show goes up on all major podcast platforms. And then on November 3rd, I can't say what it is. But if things go to plan, which I have no reason to believe they're not going to, we have a bonus episode you're not going to want to miss. That's going to be right about noon Eastern time, I think. A uh, big, awesome episode that I am very personally looking forward to doing here on Phase Zero on Friday. And then again, we're back on Wednesday, November 8th for our regular show. Who knows what news we're going to be tackling that day. I can't wait to get into today's news, so I'm going to wrap this up, this whole spiel up. On November 9th, we have the Loki finale on Thursday night. And on November 10th, we have our The Marvels episode. This is crazy. What a time to be alive. The MCU is about to chalk up wins, and it sounds like they're back there behind the curtain trying to figure out how to chalk up wins if the Variety article that just came out this morning is any indication. Things are changing, including... Marvel Studios floating the idea of bringing the original six Avengers back. So everybody has a bullet point here. This one's mine from the Variety article. Thank you to Jenna and Aaron and Liam who went into the uh, the, the rundown and kind of broke this up into, into how we're going to talk about this. I'm going to take this one. So this is what Variety says. Sources say there have been talks to bring back the original gang for an Avengers movie. This would include reviving Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man and Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow, both of whom were killed off in Endgame. But the studio has yet hasn't yet committed to the idea. And if it were able to bring those uh, actors back, it wouldn't be cheap. Obviously, sources say Robert Downey Jr.'s upfront salary for Iron Man 3 was around $25 million. And if you read MCU, The Reign of Marvel Studios, you will know that Downey negotiated a percentage of ticket sales into his deals. I think that was definitely for the Avengers movie. And I would assume that carried over into Iron Man 3. And I don't know if that carried over into Infinity War and Endgame. But if it did, a dump truck full of money doesn't describe the amount of cash in that guy's pocket. But he had the MCU on his back, so you got to pay him for it. That said, bringing the original six Avengers back is not a super crazy idea because this happens in comics all the time. Uh, I am of the belief Tony had a perfect ending. I'm also of the belief I'm buying a ticket on day one if Downey is back as Iron Man. I don't care if he's just in the background sneezing. I love that character. So how are we feeling about this news? 
I will also say with the whole thing of the dump truck of money, that was all for pre-Oppenheimer Robert Downey Jr. I feel Mm. like now he has the opportunity to pick any project he wants, like even more so than before. And so bringing him back, I definitely think it could happen. Like we talked about it with Joanna on last week's show, but I I think it would cost a lot to be able to really make it happen. I mean, he got, was it 25 for that last time? I was saying, I talk with my dad almost every morning. I was like, you think he gets 75, maybe even 100? Because, I mean, if if I show up, everybody else comes to the party. If I'm here, everybody else is coming. But if you get if you don't get him, what's the what's the point? So at some point, though, it's not profitable Mm -hmm. at some some point point. at some point. But (laughs) way you guys talk about Iron Man, it's like, how much is it worth to you, kid? He's the goat. I also think this report dives into whether or not they have 75 to 100 million dollars to spend on him. But that's we'll get to that. Yeah, we also have to keep in mind that 25 million was for Iron Man 3, which was a decade ago. That was before Age of Ultron, Infinity War and Endgame. He made 75 million for Infinity War and Endgame because they shot back to back. Like that's the price tag that comes with Robert Downey Jr. The price tag is going to get even higher when he wins Best Supporting Actor uh, next March. Beyond that, though, this frustrates me. Brandon, I know you're a pro wrestling fan, and I, I, I know we talk about building new stars, right? The MCU needs to rely on the future stars. You can't just have the nostalgia pops come in for one time and have a paycheck and just have one cool moment. Bringing back RDJ and Scarlett Johansson, I like the idea as a fan, but how sustainable is that uh, for building the MCU for years well, and years to come? I mean, you, you talk about that. I mean, you, you look at what Roman Reigns is doing in WWE. That's a perfect example. Everybody says they're tired of him, but he's made stars out of everyone else. He's made Sami Zayn a star. He's made uh, all these all these other people that everybody. Jay Uso is main event. Jay Uso now because of his feud with Roman Reigns. All these people who have gotten in the ring to go against the best have been put all the way over the moon because they're in there. So what they could do if this is going to happen is put some of these new characters in there with. Iron Man, give, you know, these other characters more eyeballs by having the, whatever time this John Cena run that he's doing in, on SmackDown every week. I'm shocked that Peacemaker is in the ring as much as he is, especially at his age and with the career he has outside of wrestling. He's in there making stars as well. Austin Theory is going over the moon because he's got he's had a feud with everybody, all the biggest names of all time. So I think that if you want to make a wrestling comparison, there's a way to use these characters to make stars of other characters. Now, that's not to say these characters can't become stars on their own. Like, I do think that you have new characters. Shang-Chi is out here, one of my favorite character in the MCU right now. And, you know, you still have Thor and, you know, Captain Marvel is going to be popular. Captain Marvel has to fight other battles, unfortunately. But Captain Marvel and and, and She-Hulk and all these characters, these new Moon Knight, these new characters are able to grow on their own, on their individual merits. But I think there's no debate if you get the biggest audience and you tell a really good story with them there. Scarlet Witch popped off and never had a movie. So... Then WandaVision came along and really sent her to the moon, but Scarlet Witch was a supporting character to start off with, surrounded by the biggest hitters. I don't know, I'd be down for them to return. I'm not even shy about it. I hope it's done well. If it does happen, I obviously would be there day one. I do think we also we also have to acknowledge this would be a secret war situation, most likely. Mm -hmm. I feel like the report is not lying like it's not necessarily insinuating they're going to like resurrect the versions of these characters we know. If anything, I feel like it would be something multiversal. They did say revive, though. Like, that was the wording used. And that could that be, might have yeah. just been their assumption. I that don't could, know. Yeah, that could be metaphorical, like, revive the characters as different variants or whatever. Um, but, yeah, to me, it just this report specifically read like a in-case-of-emergency-break-glass situation. It didn't feel like there's a story to be told. It could be fun. It feels like there's panic everywhere. Let's go to old reliable, the, well, the I, ones we know. I, I do think there is a path that isn't inorganic to get them all back before Secret yeah. Wars. It's just you don't make Kang Dynasty about Kang anymore. You make it Avengers Forever, which is what some real deep at this point MCU throwback stuff. Remember when we thought Man. the title Endgame was going to be Avengers Forever? Uh, remember that? Could you remember imagine? that? Yeah, there you go, Liam. Show show the people. Put him on the big screen. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we could just do that. If and if, if, if anybody, Avengers Forever is a story that sees the Avengers and different heroes split into different groups to go to different timelines, much like what happened in Endgame uh, to go try to, well, they're trying to save somebody from being killed, basically. But I don't know that they'll adapt. I think a version of that could very well be coming. 
I would like to see that. And I would like to, I mean, listen, there's ways to bring them back. And it is interesting that they use the word revive because I could take that to mean like, yes, bring them back from the dead. But I could also see it as like, we're reviving the franchise, you know, and that is kind of a reboot. So I think that that is a little ambiguous, but they got another problem already facing them right now that they got to figure out. Yeah, so this article dives into the Jonathan Majors of it all and whether or not he will continue to play Kang in the future. Um, there is a quote from a top deal maker who has seen the final episode of Loki who says, Marvel is truly effed with the whole Kang angle and they haven't had an opportunity to rewrite until very recently because of the WGA strike, but I don't see a path on how they move forward with him. Um, a studio store in the report notes that regardless of the actor's legal issues, Marvel already has already considered moving away from a major-led phase because of the box office performance of Quantumania, which will struggle to make a profit. Quote, it gave people pause that given that Quantumania didn't exactly land. Um, and apparently Marvel executives had a summit where they discussed backup plans in the scenario, which could include pivoting to another villain altogether, including Doctor Doom. So I, I have a lot of feelings about this. I have privately thought that maybe we could pivot to Doctor Doom if the situation like presented itself. So if we go down that path, I will definitely be happy. But how do we feel about this? I mean, I, I think they have done the wait and see for so long now that they just have to wait and see what happens in court. I also find it interesting that uh, the, the the report notes that Majors' team has a couple documents that they're really trying to not let the public get. I think that if those see the light of day and there's a reason why they don't want those out there, it's going to be very informative on how Marvel's going to make their decisions. But Marvel has dealt with jumping the gun in the past so I think that wait and see was the right play, but I think ultimately the decision is going to come down to what happens. Like I don't think Jonathan Majors is affecting viewership on Loki. It's not. You know, yeah. I, I I barely see that conversation. I don't think the Jonathan Majors of it all is affecting viewership, and that's I think because a lot of us just don't know. At minimum, if let's Majors is guilty or innocent, I I can't say I don't know. But the, the that team has done a good job of making me feel like I don't know, and I'm just watching Loki. And I'm going to wait and see what happens in court. I, I will say at this point, it seems like if there is a point to recast or pivot, this might be the place to do it. Because I know we've had so many theories on the show and off of where Kang could show up after Loki season two. And so I feel like because none of those things are really filmed to our knowledge and because of the strikes and everything, this might be the opportunity to take this and not just keep waiting and see ad nauseum. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be surprised if they move on without him. If they move, they move away from him. Magazine dreams being dropped from Disney's schedule. It, it, it seems like there's enough for them to be like, well, maybe, maybe this is not our billion dollar franchise guy. Five minute standing ovation at Venice Film Festival, and they, we don't know when it's coming out. Mm-hmm. Like you had multiple people saying that he was going to be in line for some awards season love off of that movie, and it's just we don't know. So I don't know. BD, uh, I'll let Liam go, but read read the question I have. I can't oh, say yeah, it out loud. Yeah, but I, I, I wrote, yeah, go for it. Man. Oh, uh, well, we talked to Ryan Coogler around Wakanda Forever, and I asked him directly about Dr. Doom, and he said that that was never, mm-hmm. that was never the plan. That was never what happened. All those rumors about him being in one of the post-credit scenes, that wasn't a thing. So either my man is just as good at lying as he is at uh, doing <laughs> bicep curls, or <laughs> like... That was never the plan. I don't know. No, I don't think Doom was ever in Black Panther. I, I do believe that. I, I mean, maybe they, I mean, I think they talk about all the characters at some point, but mm-hmm. I know we've all seen like the concept art leaks and the, that are allegedly leaked on Twitter and all that stuff. But I, I believe that Coogler probably really appreciates Doom as a character and maybe they've had a conversation, but I, I, I and I think the same way Nova was going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy, like Nicole Perlman had, Nova in the draft of the script before it even made it to James Gunn and James Gunn never had a draft of the script that had Nova in it. So doom. And I think doom probably has been brought up many times since they got those characters back. It'd be crazy not to be like, well, how do we, you know, maybe plant this seed or bring this character in. But I think maybe they're, 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 they're I think it'd be an interesting pivot into doom now though. Yeah. No, I, I, I was going to say, I agree with what's been said. It's a wait and see approach and we've made it this far. We might as well get like a final verdict. I would be most upset if they pivot away from Kang as a character entirely just because of Jonathan Majors. Like this is such a rich persona to bring to the big screen and we've barely even scratched the surface with him. Uh, I've always been a proponent of making a high evolutionary variant 
uh, a Kang uh, down the line. I think uh, Chick Woody would be amazing in that role. Uh, he brought that like sinister narcissist to the screen so well in Guardians 3. Um, yeah, I, I think wait and see is the best way to go about it, but I would be really bummed if we just scrap Kang entirely because this is a character based off variants. There are, there are millions of, of possibilities. There's built-in pivots like to be made. So I guess we'll just wait and see. Can we play by Terrence Howard? Can I, can I say one thing from like Maude and Eric over at, uh, yield the break room and new rock stars. They said, wouldn't it be a cool idea to like have different actors play the variants, like different cool actors for every movie. And I was like, now if you're not going to do, if you're not going to do majors, that would be cool too. I'd be, I'd be down for that. Yeah. There was a that also in a that. hypothetical scenario would allow you to like double shoot Kang Dynasty and Secret it Wars sure a would. lot better. Mm-hmm. So I I do like I've never heard that idea, but I do like that. There's a movie Charlie Ridgely from Comic Book told me to check out called uh, The Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus. I have not watched it, uh, but Heath Ledger was playing the main character when he passed away, and then it's got, I think my understanding is it's kind of like a multiverse story, mm-hmm. but instead of recasting him as one person, they had. Johnny Depp, Jude Law, and Colin Farrell. This is all coming from Charlie. I haven't seen the movie, but they would play the kind of different versions of the character. Hmm. And that would be interesting to see a bunch of different actors uh, play Kang throughout the multiverse. And I mean, they're already having different actors play different characters. You know, we're going to have, well, <laughs> no, we, never mind. <laughs> Whoa, Brandon. Uh, uh, so who's next? Is it me? Cut the, cut the <laughs> like, yeah, Aaron, me? Aaron, keep going. Hi, welcome back to Phase Zero. I'm Aaron. Uh, so this is the Marvels <laughs> section of the Variety Port now. We're talking about it having four weeks of reshoots, um, which, by the way, is framed like it's a big deal. I feel like most of these things have at least four weeks of reshoots. I've heard so many different Doctor Strange had at least three. Like, I'm trying to think. There's some reshoots on Panther because of the pandemic. There, if you read Joanna's book, which by the way, go back and watch our interview with her, they reshot half of Falcon Winter Soldier once the pandemic hit. Um, so there are some different things in the in the winds about the Marvels. Is, does that worry anybody that they had reshoots? It doesn't bother me. I also because the report argues like, oh, Naya DaCosta was in like involved with another in movie London. while yeah. yeah, like in London while this post production was happening. I don't blame her for that because I feel like these movies are having increasingly longer productions. And I do think like that's not necessarily her fault, but I, I feel like this is a normal amount of reshoots. I feel like we have this with every single movie at this point, Absolutely. and it always sounds much more dire than it actually is. I think it's weird that she wasn't there. Yeah. I, I, I undeni- I think it's undeniably weird. The director was not there to finish the movie. Now, that said, I recognize Marvel is a machine unlike any other movie franchise, so they may very well have pushed her out. Maybe she said, I'm done with this. Maybe they said, hey, we got it from here. So it's it's hard to, it, that's all speculation. But in either scenario, whether it's Marvel's choice or the director's choice, it, it to me, it's kind of crazy that you would let a movie be finished or you would finish a movie without the, the director or the final, your final vision. Um, does it concern me? I think this sort of stuff has happened often. I know it happened pretty substantially on one of the Venom movies, and that's one of my least favorite Marvel movies ever. But I know it's happened on other Marvel projects as well that have turned out to be quite good. So um, on this one, it's like, well, we hear it all the time, how directors and writers get kind of shuffled and moved around in this machine because it's such a big franchise that that's why I think Marvel has so few misses. They have the money and they have the time and the means to go down to the wire to fix it until release day. And I think that the directors become kind of a a placeholder in some cases. And that sucks. In some cases, it's in some cases the movie ends up being good and they get to say, well, yeah, I made an awesome movie, but it all, it's a different type of collaboration. It seems over there. Yeah, reshoots are built into the schedule. It, it's it's really nothing new. Uh, four weeks also just doesn't seem like a yeah. giant time span right. to me. Like that's what most movies are. What about a three to three to four month shoot? We're talking about maybe fine tuning an axe worth of a, of an entire film. I am bothered by the fact that she wasn't involved in post production. Again, we are on the outside looking in. This could have been transparently communicated before she signed on to the project. That hey, mm. I got this other thing I'm doing, and I'm not going to be around. But the Variety report, once again, it makes it seem like that was not communicated and that she was kind of MIA. 
who knows? Uh, Marvel movies are essentially made by committee. We've seen what happens uh, in the past with other, other directors. They're just kind of like the label on it. And Kevin Feige comes in and he polishes everything. Um, Marvel's is a wait and see. I haven't been wowed by the trailers. I don't hate the trailers. I think it's going to be a fun, all right time at the, at the movies. Um, but anyone who's clinging to four weeks of reshoots is a sign it's going to be bad. Uh, clearly just doesn't pay attention to Marvel production schedules because this has been going on for well over a decade. Stay through the credits. I do. One, one thing I want to say is she went to go, Nia DaCosta went to go uh, work on a film with Tessa Thompson. Yep. An important piece of information for a conversation coming up after our break. But we'll keep mm -hmm. moving. Mm -hmm. well i guess we can talk about some pre-production woes then since we were just talking about post-production blade the movie that might be in the works might not be might actually come out might never come out <laughs> basically uh we've, we've been recycling a lot of uh talking points about this movie over the past number of years now it's crazy that, that, that this thing was announced back at san diego comic-con 2019 uh, michael green who penned Lo logan and blade runner 2049 is being brought in for the newest rewrites this thing has gone through multiple scripts multiple directors over the past couple of years uh the quote specifically from variety says the project has gone through at least five writers two directors and one shut down six weeks before production one person familiar with the script Permu permutations says the story at at one point morphed into a narrative led by women and filled with life lessons blade was relegated to the fourth lead a bizarre idea considering that the studio had two-time oscar winner mahershala ali on board and mahershala ali was apparently ready to exit the project altogether because of the script issues I'm glad that they don't want to put something forward that they are not confident in, but at the same time, it's getting ridiculous, as Demarcus Cousins said in that one post-game mm -hmm. interview. Um, but at the also, if you like the Flash, like the Flash went through the same stuff, and I, I wasn't crazy about it, but that seems to be universally like okay by by most people's standards. And the Flash went through like 800 writers and 25 different directors, so. Does this uh, change your confidence levels whatsoever on Blade? Jenna, we can start with you. I, I think that this, for me, this is this ties back to the TV conversation that we had a couple weeks ago of kind of making pilots and having an idea for a show before you move forward with the show. I feel like Blade kind of became a movie that shows why you need to do that. I think having Mahershala attached is a great idea, but I think they clearly have not been able to crack the story. Otherwise, we would be seeing trailers or at least the finished movie by now. So I, I find this fascinating. I, I can't wait to eventually hear like the full rundown of every iteration of this movie and what it all entailed. I hope we can see it at some point. The other detail of this that's interesting is that they said that they might shoot this for a less than $100 million budget, which is kind of crazy considering the Marvel ecosystem. So I don't know if we're going to get this, what shape it'll look like, but it, it that at least is interesting to me. If, if it does indeed come in under 100 million, it does crazy. You, you can say goodbye to the $200 million Marvel feature, which is kind of like not amazing for other stories, but would be good for them, I'm sure. Um, also, making Blade Fury Road sounds amazing. And I want to know what that movie looked like, honestly, because when I read that, I'm like, oh, so Mad Max Fury Road. Awesome. Yeah. Sick. But uh, that, of course, somewhere Adam's like, no, 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 no vampires he's supposed to be killing vampires he's supposed to be killing draculas um so we'll figure out what's going on the cast is amazing if, if that cast is even attached the script, the cast, we don't know what iteration dope. that like what script iteration that cast was even attached for i don't know who's in this movie other than mahershala ali at this isn't point. he a goth the bad guy maybe but that might have been two scripts ago like we have no idea I hope they keep old girl. If nothing else, I remember you and Jamie being so excited. No, it would I be great if it reaction. happened, but I don't have faith that it's actually going to happen. Okay. All right. I think, I think Mahershala stays on blade and the movie comes out in like 25 or 26. I'm still holding on for my phase zero bet with Brandon Davidson. It'll come out before Bratman, the brave and the bold or Superman legacy. I'm still holding out hope for that. <laughs> uh, and the last bit from this report is that Marvel is indeed meeting with potential X-Men writers we had this reported earlier. It's another confirmation that uh, Marvel is trying to bring the X-Men into the MCU. Uh, they're, they're, they're taking the steps. And actually, the X-Men are definitely closer to the MCU than uh, we might have thought. I won't say definitely, but eh, I will. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Sell 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome back to Phase Zero, Season 3, Episode 44. That was a chunky first chunk of the show, and we haven't even talked about X-Men yet. Uh, the X-Men, closer to the MCU than we think, I think. Uh, the Marvel's promo has a couple interesting things in here recently. First of all, the Marvel's promos are really going all in to try to get people to see this movie, which you got to do. That's that's props to marketing. They're, they're trying to sell tickets. I, I would. I, there's a lot of movies I wish could get pushed like this. It's getting a good push. They're using the Endgame footage, and then now they're revealing a line of dialogue, which is very interesting. Monica says another reality is bleeding into ours. I, I might have jumbled the words a little bit, but that's what she's. That's what the line means. Another reality is bleeding into ours. Okay, so this is a bit of a multiverse story. It's the multiverse saga, after all. That line would indicate. But then, shout out to the MCU direct for. Uh, for catching this or maybe they weren't the ones who caught it but i saw it on their feed in the promo like the narrator of the promo the trailer says uh brace yourself for what's next and when what's next is written on the screen it fades away and the only letter it leaves there for a moment is an x bum 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 so I'm thinking maybe the X-Men have a role in the Marvels. I mean, I've been playing for weeks. I've been playing for weeks right there. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I This movie's already so short that I feel like if we are to get anything, I think it will be very small because there is already so much that this movie is juggling before you even fold any of that into it. That's true. There's a lot going on. Three main characters. Yeah. I'm also glad that it's this minuscule of a tease. Like you really had to like look to see like what's next. And then the X is on screen for like half a second, because like Jenna said, if they are involved, if there's any type of X-Men involved, I do think it would be a post-credit scene. Cause how are you going to like rework the narrative? Like post-credit scenes can be completely detached from the movie's story. Um, and I just hope that they don't, they're the marketing right now is perfect. Don't ever get into the Venom 2 scenario of, come see the post credit scene. And it also comes with a free movie too. Like I never want to get into that status with the MCU. Um, so right now it's good. Keep doing what you're doing. It's working. Clearly Marvel's was tracking for what? 40 million opening weekend. Now it's up to 75, 80. So. That's the, oh. Elvis one ninety eight in the comments on YouTube. Hi, thanks for watching. It says that like Kamala is a mutant. And I was like, oh, I yeah, forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. That's true. That's, <laughs> that's true. really true. Yeah. Wow. That's 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 true. <laughs> that's very true. Maybe she's going to school somewhere. Who knows? At some point. Uh, I think I want to talk about while we're on the Marvels before we move on to Deadpool 3. Uh, Nia DaCosta went and filmed a movie with Tessa Thompson. I mentioned that that was going to come back around. Here we are full circle. The Bifrost is in the trailers, and we hear Carol say she called a friend. I mean, who's it going to be? I don't I don't want to say again because I got yelled at in the comments for talking about this a couple weeks ago, but I still stand by my theory. There's no way it's not her. It I mean, Valkyrie is in this movie, right? It's totally her. Do, do you remember the the costume set picture? Like it was in like the makeup room. And if you like zoom and enhance one of like the the stills in the background was like Tessa Taunt, like it was a Valkyrie suit. This is years ago. We're talking when, when it was first being filmed. Um but yeah, no, the Valkyrie's been like subtly attached to this movie for a while um and the bifrost yeah that that to me confirms it how is the bifrost even working right now well thor can activate it with the with stormbreaker on the front yeah. of the ship that's like true. that's what that, that exactly. thor would send her be like i'm not going to help but you go listen we're having a bad day making pancakes with love you go in my stead that's <laughs> that's how that works well the Marvels, we have a bonus episode on November 10th coming to Phase Zero. That'll be full spoilers, full reviews, full breakdown. 
and that'll be live on the YouTube channel, and that will be available on all major podcast platforms. Hope to see you there. And probably about a year from now, we'll be talking about this next movie in a bonus episode. <laughs> Maybe, even if. Maybe, yeah. Um, yeah, so Sean Levy is continuing to talk a lot about Deadpool 3. Um, so he he was on Happy, Sad, Confused and offered a lot of details about the movie. He said, to start off the quotes, I'm so wary of giving anything away because I've learned the hard way that even with a few titles, like any Marvel title, and everything and anything you can say can lead to not only rumors, but misinformation. I'll just say this, it is very much part of the MCU. What a privilege, what a wealth of resources and knowledge. I love how he says that, and yet we are going to pick apart every single word that this man is saying. Um, <laughs> his second quote is he says, I'm going to say this, it has a F load more of heart than you think. One thing Ryan and I were very, really united in was wanting to make Deadpool 3 very much consistent and continuous with the franchise DNA, but to see where we could evolve it in this third movie. His third quote says, what blew my mind is how easy some of those cameos have been. People love Deadpool. People love Ryan. Thankfully, people also seem to like my work. They know Ryan and I are in the groove of a creative brotherhood that is unique and seems to be working. And then he said on the Taylor Swift as Dazzler of it all, he said, that sounds like a great idea. Also, Deadline is reporting that Deadpool 3 is looking at January 2024 to theoretically resume filming. Of course, this is all contingent on the SAG strike. So there's a lot to unpack here. I, I like that he said the evolving the franchise and adding a little bit more heart because for me, Deadpool 2 is a lot more cynical than I would have wanted it to be. So I like that detail. But how do you guys feel about this? I like what Sean Levy does with characters. The Adam Project specifically, I thought had uh really great heart and even free guy was a ton of fun uh i don't know that had the kind of heart that it sounds like he's talking about here but the adam project in my opinion did so i like it i also think the cameos quote is really interesting because it sounds like it's gonna be loaded with them if he says some of these cameos were easy indicating there were even more that might not have been like how many people are showing up in this movie but uh, and, and nobody can escape talking about Taylor Swift. I feel like at this point, like the press tour, whether she's in the movie or not, is going to be talking about her. Mm -hmm. When you see Brennan Davis singing Taylor Swift songs with Sean Levy on the press junket for this, don't be surprised, everybody. Uh -huh. <laughs> that's, that's what we do. Uh, it, it sounds really like positive and very like just like an environment that everybody really wants to be around. And I think that. I severely and maybe some other people severely underestimate how much people just like Ryan Reynolds because like a lot of these actors don't like saying yes to this stuff because they have to come back and do all this stuff over and over again. But if he asks you, you're like, yeah, sure. Why not? Like, let's let's show up. Why not? Let's do it. So I guess we all win for that. Although uh, January 2024, it's still cutting it real close, right? Like it's yeah. still real close to the end of the year. So. Hopefully they they can get it done. Hopefully we get out of this out of this thing out of this this, this hell that we built for ourselves. This is bad. I'll um, tell you, there there are so few actors that when I interviewed them, I walked away and thought they hated me. Like genuinely thought they like hated me. And Ryan Reynolds, the first time I interviewed Ryan Reynolds, when I left that room, I was like, that man hates me. That was like my least favorite interview of my entire life. But. We have since he's cool as hell. Me and I, 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 you squashed your beef. I was wrong. Ryan is great. Uh, I was just a bad interviewer at the time, but uh, no, and I don't think he even hated me. But uh, he, he just I walked out of that room and I was like, Man, Ryan Reynolds hates me, man. I don't, even, I don't know if I should do this job anymore, but uh, no, now I, I know Ryan is cool. <laughs> I will say to Aaron's point about just how likable Ryan is and how like reflective that is in the industry. This morning, he got Grant Gustin to make mm. flash jokes in a commercial. So That's like right. anything is possible with this mm. man. I feel like the cameos that could like we've talked about this ad nauseum, but I feel like that whole murder board of possible cameos that leaked a couple months ago. I'm not expecting all of them to be in the movie, but I feel like we're still going to get surprised in one way or another. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, this movie just looks like a fun time. Like, it just looks like uh, all the set pictures we've seen, all the quotes we've seen. Like, Hugh Jackman very famously was like, that's my swan song. Everything's perfect. And he's having a great time very clearly uh, whenever he's spotted at football games with Sean Levy and uh, Ryan Reynolds. Um, beyond that, too, the January 2024 might be a little ambitious, but something that I cling on to in terms of hope that this thing does meet a 2024 release date is it's been in post-production this entire time like whatever they shot mm -hmm. over the summer is has been polished throughout the rest of this year so when they eventually do get back to shooting they have a lot more work that was supposed to be on the back end now completely done i am like 99 confident on that 
And also, too, with the past couple of weeks, they now have the writers back to refine the script a little bit more. Not that they really need to, but this movie has clearly a ton of improv. There's now room to polish. So even if the main part, the main meat of it, the shooting, isn't getting done for the time being, the other two-thirds of it are, and that gives me a lot of hope. I just hope this movie arrives and it is as awesome as we want it to be. I feel for like for Hugh Jackman, he's mm-hmm. got to stay in incredible shape to play Wolverine yeah. this whole time. Like he, <laughs> they, 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 he might have thought they were going back in September and then in October and then in November and now hopefully January. This man has to maintain that Wolverine shape. That's that's tough, man. He can't even look at a donut until like production is over. I feel so bad you. for him. Ooh, goodness. Uh, all right, we're gonna take one more quick break. When we come back. We have to talk about Daredevil: Born Again. A little bit about Loki uh, and the MCU timeline. It's making amends. See you in a moment. The connection between you and your therapist matters. That's why Alma focuses on helping you find the right someone to talk to, not just anyone. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search by what you want to focus on, like anxiety, relationships, or big life transitions. You can also specify preferences around gender, race, faith, and more to help you find someone who's more likely to understand where you're coming from. Alma also makes it easy for therapists to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of providers in their directory accept insurance for sessions, so you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash not just anyone to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash not just anyone. Welcome back to Phase Zero. This is a chunky show, and I got to applaud us hosts here. We're doing a great job of keeping the pace. We got about 15 minutes left here, and we have about 15 minutes worth of stuff to talk about, and it's all good stuff. Daredevil Born Again found its filmmakers. Dario Scardapane? Scardapane? Dario from The Punisher uh, Mm -hmm. is the showrunner on Daredevil Born Again, so that's cool. We know John Bernthal's coming back. I think we know that. John Bernthal, he is back. He's going to be the Punisher again. And now one of his producers is the showrunner on Daredevil Born Again. And Moon Knight directors and Loki directors, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, are uh, directing the remaining episodes of Daredevil Born Again. And I assume whatever reshoots for those episodes that are already shot. So I think that's an absolute win. I see that as a win for the Loki finale. That's a sign of confidence in these next two episodes, Loki, because they directed these episodes. They also directed Moon Knight, which honestly, I think the finale is one of the weaker episodes. I didn't need the big kaiju fight, but I really enjoyed most of Moon Knight and what they did there. And I've enjoyed episodes one and four of Loki tremendously. So I think Benson and Moorhead are this. They feel like almost like the Russo brothers of Disney plus now, like they, they found their, they found their duo that they like and they're working with them. And that's what Marvel likes to do. So uh, they don't quite have their Winter Soldier yet, I'd say. Maybe they're doing it with Loki Season 2. But yeah, interesting Daredevil updates. Yeah, I'm a big fan of, of Benson and Moorhead, just like their ability to adapt with these different projects. Because, you know, uh, the Russo brothers, there was like a very clear, like, upwards trajectory of like okay winter soldier worked with the main guy cap had black widow in there too and then civil war got all the pieces and then more and more and more they're kind of going like left right center like with like moon knight to loki to daredevil these are three very different characters um but to me so far they've delivered all satisfactory products i i I don't love moon knight but i liked it enough i really like uh loki season two right now and daredevil i have a lot of hope for especially now that they're refining what they want it to be and it's actually clear with feige's vision so uh stamp of approval on my end for benson and moorhead i'm just happy that we have people to see this over the finish line like after all of the reports that came out i think like finding people it was going to be hard to fill these shoes anyway but i think what we're getting is going to be really good i think i'm not super familiar with dario's work but it seems like having the punisher jack ryan kind of vibe might help this the tone that they're looking for and i have liked what benson and moorhead have done i think that they've done some really cool stylistic things especially with loki so i think they'll find some ways to surprise us with daredevil it might not be another one track hallway fight but they might do something cool he's technically the first showrunner for marvel studios first showrunner for that is true yeah and yeah it's it's like because marvel tv and marvel studios were they did not work together 
No. They, Marvel Studios basically said, you can't use our characters. And then occasionally would concede. They were on opposite sides of the Disney lot. And they they really didn't collide. Marvel TV, I think, wanted to work with them more than yeah. they got to. But uh, this is the first showrunner now. Because Marvel TV had showrunners. But Marvel Studios has not. So that's that's interesting. Aaron, you want to you weigh in on this before we move on? I just I mean, want to give you, make sure we... <laughs> Well, Make sure we give everyone a chance. <laughs> uh, happy for the Daredevil fans, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I do. I am giggling a little bit in the comments where everybody's like, "Oh, it's being like saved and put on track." I'm like, "We haven't seen any of it. No, like we haven't <laughs> seen a thing." Okay, like good, good. Keep working on making it whatever you guys want to make it. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, uh, Liam, you talked to Loki's uh, cinematographer Isaac Bowman, and there's one part I want to hear about because he's the the you know what i'm talking about yeah so i asked him about you know the final episodes without getting into spoilers just like the vibe on set uh specifically because loki season one that final shot like i remember where i was like i was like i remember the feeling and everything i remember the feverish anticipation for what comes next so i asked him you know without getting into spoilers what was that final day like on set Uh, And he said, we shot the climactic sequence of the season, at least a major piece of it, on a single day on a soundstage near the very end of our shoot. I think it was probably the most meaningful day of the entire production because you could just feel the weight of the story, Loki's story, which has gone on for so long, closing this chapter at least. And then he goes on to say, it felt like once we finished shooting the sequence, we as a crew, as creatives, we have now contributed a very significant chapter in the story of one of the greatest characters of our generation. Um, and so like the way he says that, it gives a little bit of permanence to, to Loki season two. Uh, I highly doubt this is where we say goodbye to Tom Hiddleston. Um, but it sounds like this is a very, like he said, significant chapter uh and the fact that he gives it the label of the most meaningful day on set like that that was an extensive shoot like there's six hours of of product that you're shooting and that specific last day was the one that took the cake it gets me very very excited for the finale and he also said uh i asked him if he agrees with the other creatives that are saying five and six are by far the best episodes of the season and he said 100 he agrees hmm Man, I was worried after how good episode four was that the show had peaked in episode four. But this this does bring a smile to my face. <laughs> I I feel like we definitely aren't saying goodbye to Loki as a character. I would be shocked if that ends up being the ending. But I know I think it was uh, Kevin Wright who had said, like, they've always conceived the show as a two seasons show. So it seems like whatever endgame we end up on in episode six is something that is going to be definitive in one way or another. And so that is very interesting. I wish they hadn't released that damn trailer, though. I I have not watched it. Aaron and I were talking before the show. I have not watched it, and I'm pretty sure Jamie has not either. I am just going. To, I want to fly blind. No, so. no don't I watch feel that. like I just don't watched watch. the episodes. I know, so that's exactly why I'm like I am avoiding this like the plague. I'm so glad we didn't talk about it today because I would have just had to have like exited out. <laughs> yeah, it's tricky because I, I I had to do a video on it, so I had to watch it, and then we come on here and it's like, do we talk about that because it's out there? But I feel like most of our listeners and viewers don't want that sort of spoiler. Like if it was just a trailer for something, even just the next episode, normally if it didn't end on such a cliffhanger, this 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 trailer felt like it uh, really just gave a lot away. I mean, I don't know how it's all going to go, but I, I know a lot of what happens after the cliffhanger now. I'm like, well, damn. Uh, I also know the MCU timeline is making some changes. First of all, the eight years later moment that made us all go, what the heck in Spider-Man Homecoming? Great Spider-Man film. I don't care what anybody has to say. The, the, the MCU timeline book uses Miss Minute, Minute, uh, wow. Miss Minutes to acknowledge that that is a mistake and kind of retcon, retcon it. Uh, in a quote from Miss Minutes, Redline alert. Hi again. Adrian Toomes says the Battle of New York was eight years ago, but that event was only four years ago. This one's a real head scratcher for us. I reckon an analyst misplaced the case file. So nice little way to do it. Tongue in cheek, you know, stay meta with it. Stay kind of canon and fix it. But that was such a stupid. That's like uh, that first Sony and Marvel collaboration had to come with one of the most ridiculous little weird moments. We were all, I don't know how that made it through, but it did. I think we have now, we have far by now eclipsed those eight years in, in 2023, but the MCU took a while to get there. Uh, so that was interesting. Also, Shang-Chi is officially set after WandaVision and before the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. 
I think that that's probably a product of COVID changing release dates and schedules and stuff. And the MCU timeline book says, here we go. This is going to be a hot one. The Scarlet Witch is dead. According to this book, Wanda Maximoff perished. Oh, no, Thor, I'm perishing uh, at <laughs> the end of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So there's a quote about it, but the quote doesn't say she's dead. She died. It just says it changed. It ends the chapter, whatever, whatever it said. But here's the thing. I see Jen is ready to hop on this and say she's not dead. There's a little flower. There's a flower yep. icon. There's yeah. a little flower icon on the pages to indicate a, a character died. Not just character died. Major a character major. death. Yes. And that flower is on that page. So maybe she's under the dumpster, just like Glenn. <laughs> but they want oh us to believe God. that her name is no longer in the credits and the In Memoriam segment should feature Scarlet Witch. Walking Dead fans get that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, Jenna, I, I, go. Dude. It, in Jamie's stead, with, with Jamie not here, I have to, I have to preach the gospel. I, I, it's comics. Nobody really ever dies in the sure. comics. I feel like also the way that it is worded, it said something of like eliminating the threat. It did not specifically say that she herself died. I, I think they the want flower. people to believe that for the time being. But also, I will say, because like lo- looping back around to the homecoming thing and all of that, this is it's cute that this book exists. It's, I'm glad that this book exists, but I feel like there are going to be so many viewers who are not even going to know that this book exists. And so I think it is, it's nice to have this extra ephemera, but when it, if it isn't necessarily reflected on screen, then it, mm-hmm. I don't know, it doesn't necessarily make that much of a difference. So I think that there is more than enough of an avenue to bring her back if the situation presents itself which i think it will it just is a matter of lizzie olsen wanting to but i don't know She'll i also back. i also do want to acknowledge the events of wandavision are happening right now because people pointed out that the halloween episode technically happened yesterday so oh, wow yeah. that's, wow that's i didn't even think about that i'm usually on that that's interesting uh, <laughs> I, on your point about spider-man and the eight the people not knowing this book exists and it also just happened i agree these things need to happen on screen they need to be clearly laid out it's nice for us, you know, for the, pe- for the people who do pay this much attention, it is nice that we get this book, we get to kind of get it sorted out, and the hardcore fans get to kind of have their, you know, a- opportunity to see what is officially the rules and the facts and the history and the canon. But it, it, I think this goes back to two things. One is the thing we've talked about on this show, which it's like you only get to watch this for the first time once, so make the Statue of Liberty the correct color. And uh, the report this morning, which just goes to show that the Marvel got spread a little thin and we started to see things not connect and be a little more confusing in phase four and phase five. And I think that uh, this pivot, these changes they're making that we talked about this morning, and we've been talking about many times over, but in details today after that report from Variety show that Kevin Feige is trying to write this ship and make, make the best products. And I really appreciate they're doing that. Yeah, I, I'm, I've always been of the belief if you don't see a body, they're not dead. And even if they're saying that she's like canonically dead, I think the fact that we didn't see a body means she will be resurrected at some point when eventually we do get Young Avengers, Children's Crusade. It's going to happen. Um, and yeah, I we have not seen the last of Scarlet Witch, even if Earth 616 is uh, considered to be dead. She, I mean, she'll be back. <laughs> That's why it was so funny when I wrote this. I was like, well, that's great. But also, we all know, like, if you go on Twitter or you go on any social media, Wanda's probably in the top five of popularity in MCU characters now. You gotta, you gotta, you think they're not gonna market to us and have her reunite with those boys? Mm-hmm. You think there's not gonna be a scene where Julian Hilliard, as like with a goatee, isn't like hugging her when they finally make Secret Wars? Because it'll be that long. He's grown. Hi, Julian. I know you watch the show. Um, it, It's just, okay like fine and, and also all it's gonna do is what bd's talking about we're arguing about it right now that's all it's gonna do <laughs> it's not gonna do anything it's not like it's gonna, we're gonna open up on deadpool 3 and it's like so wanda's dead and that's the first line of it that's never gonna happen so. i will say this whole thing is giving when a letters column of a comic would would like clarify something that the comic itself didn't mm-hmm. dive into but then nowhere else in the actual comic was that thing reflected like it's nice that we have this back matter and this ephemera but again it has to be on screen for it to like actually matter and even then they can retcon and reboot it a million times over what are the chances we see scarlet witch back as soon as deadpool 3 like variant version ian mckellen magneto <laughs> scarlet witch the cameos were easy yeah. The cameos were easy. Uh, how close is Lizzie Olsen to Ryan Reynolds? Have they been spotted in a press box yet? Man, Ryan Reynolds is friendly with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is friendly with everybody. I like this comment here uh, from Eric Dion Chaney. 
2023 is not Marvel's best year, but they're definitely turning things around next year. And the reason I like this comment is because if you feel that way, I get it. Like I, I get that. I think people are feeling a little fatigued and a little frustrated, but especially with the news cycle surrounding Marvel, maybe even more than some of the content. We've gotten some good stuff this year. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Secret Invasion, uh, well, we can, you know, uh, there's no really, you know, whatever. Quantumania was uh, okay. But the reason I wanted to bring this up is because they're going to end the year on a high note. They're going to, between Loki episodes five and six, some of the stuff coming in the Marvels, and this, what's coming very soon. We got a bonus episode on Friday that I'm excited for that I think a lot of people are going to actually be quite surprised. And I think the MCU is about to chalk up some big W's to end the year. And if this, if the SAG strike is able to come to an end, if the studios will agree to fair deal, then that maybe who knows, maybe they get back to filming and we get even more good news. But I think in terms of just in universe stuff, actual content, not just news, there's a few W's coming before the end of the year. And I haven't even watched werewolf by night in color yet. We missed we missed that yesterday too. I, I it was like a week that. or so ago, I think. Yeah, I know it's all it's out, but we didn't even talk about it. Yeah, like, no, at all. I know Jamie has watched it. It seems like none of us, none of the rest of us have. Hmm. Well, it's it it exists. It's fine. I'm, I'll watch it at some point. I thought Werewolf by Night was fantastic in black and white. Maybe it's still. I mean, I'm sure it's still great in color. I just haven't gone and watched it. I, I mean, we've been busy. Loki's mm-hmm. been keeping me busy, and just a lot of things going on. But uh, but that's that's our show today, everybody. Look at that timing, 11.58 a.m. Central Time. We're right here on the button. Liam, any last words for today's show? No, just thank you for having me on. I'm always honored to, to talk Marvel, especially on a day like today when there's uh, a lot to do. And uh, yeah, go out, support the Marvels when it comes to theaters. Uh, keep watching Loki. And yeah, we're going to end the year on a, on a content-heavy uh, time because Percy Jackson comes out December 20th. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Jenna? It's at Hey, it's Jenna Lynn on social media. As always, go read some comics. If you liked hearing me uh, rant about Scarlet Witch, the final issue of her run before it gets rebranded as Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver is out this week, and it is very, very good. So go read that. Nice. Aaron? Uh, it's at Sunlight like Corner on Twitter. Uh, thank you guys for supporting. Drink John in the comments. We did watch Avengers Code Red Lego. You can go watch our bonus episode about that. That was last week. Also, I'm sad that I will be missing Loki episode five post show for you guys, but it's for a good reason. So have fun tomorrow. I, I will be listening to it when I get in the car to come home from where I am to hear Jamie and Jenna just lose their minds. I cannot wait. Yes. We have to, I, I, we got to talk after the show. I mean, you know, I got to, I got to, I got to know what's going on. You know, <laughs> people, need to, people are going to have to, you're going to have to tune into phase zero people. You guys are going to have to listen. And you are. Thank you so much for helping us set our yearly records week after week after week after week. And hopefully we can do that again this week. Uh, I think we're going to have some really cool Phase Zero episodes this week and next week. And I'm excited about that. So subscribe to the Phase Zero channel on YouTube. Leave a five-star review on Spotify on YouTube. Send our show to your mom. Play it for your dog. Anything to keep our audience growing, our community thriving, and chopping up dubs just like the MCU is in the next couple of weeks. Hope everybody had a good Halloween. Welcome to November. Let's finish the year strong. I don't know. I'm just rambling because I don't want the show to end. I'm having so much fun today. Have a good one, everybody. See you tomorrow night for Loki. Loki.